Wait, honey, pause for a second. If they're getting all this radiation all the time, how's anyone even living in space without melting into a puddle of goop? Welcome to The Spinal Frontier, a podcast where we speculate as to why Star Trek aliens are the way they are. I'm Kelly, she, her. And I'm Aaron, they, them. So we're back, season two again, um, and we thought we'd talk about the effects of living in space, because we were thinking about it, and there's a lot going on, especially we thought with the ongoing challenges with the Artemis mission, Mm -hmm. um, we're preparing to send people into space again, and I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about some of the Star Trek's perceived effects of living in space. <laughs> and what we know as humans actually about living in space. That's a, a really interesting topic, actually. And um, Star Trek has a couple technological tricks that they, that they use to overcome some of the challenges that real astronauts face. But it's still neat to talk about those because sometimes their toolkit fails and they get a high dose of radiation or something. Yeah, so... First off, just before we talk about the radiation bit Mm -hmm. of it all, gravity just seems to be the primary concern living in space for a variety of reasons. Yeah, I think that's like the main thing maybe people think about when they think about astronauts is... The floating. Yeah, the floating, and there's no gravity up there, and Chris Hadfield playing Space Oddity oddity on his guitar. Yeah, Yeah. and making all those great videos of like when you squeeze a sponge, Mm -hmm. the sponge compresses, but then there's still just water floating around, or like when you wring out of cloth. Yeah. 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 All kinds of fun physics demos in space. But because of the physics of low gravity... There are a lot of things that, because we we evolved, and presumably all humanoids in Star Trek as well, evolved in the presence of gravity. And so our bodies Mm -hmm. are used to having some directionality when it comes to how we operate. And we kind of depend on gravity as well. Like, I mean, we're millennials, right? So our primary example is indigestion. (laughs) 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 So we kind of, like... We depend on gravity to make ensure that all of our digestive tract goes in the correct direction. You know, gosh, I've never thought about that, but heartburn in space must be... The pits. Yeah, no. Uh, they, I wonder if they select out astronauts that are prone to it. I mean, so I don't know if I've mentioned this mm-hmm. before on the show, but like, I am technically qualified to apply to be an astronaut. Mm-hmm having a PhD and like I would love that like there there's there's a marine mammologist who's who's a in a recent class of there's several marine biologists actually in the astronaut classes and I think it'd be fun but I think one thing that would definitely disqualify me is just my constant dyspepsia mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like like you know how they asked Sally Ride like how many tampons do you need to go into space is it a hundred for a week is that good um i would need seven thousand tums Mm. Uh, i I just think it would be impractical for them to send me into space but when i apply don't send them this podcast thank you (laughs) (laughs) but there are more pressing concerns about low gravity when it comes to like long-term living Mm -hmm. in space other than like you know how how many menstrual supplies to pack uh but related uh Fertilized eggs don't actually develop in low gravity. Um, that gravity yeah. is required to create something that comes from an egg, which is pretty much 
everything. Oh yeah, like that's um that's one of the big barriers to putting together a self-sustaining colony somewhere not Earth. You know, like when we talk about going to Mars or whatever. Sorry, generation ships. Yeah, right. We just we actually don't know if uh, people who are pregnant can carry a baby to term in low in gravity. Low yeah. So it means you just have to enable something that creates enough of a force of gravity there there are ways to do that and like um so like a space station or a spaceship you can put a spin on it which sort of simulates gravity um i've seen some really out there concepts for like rotating cities built into a crater on mars but that's 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 a a bit that would be a feat of engineering and we're not there yet So we have the problems with fertility, but Mm -hmm. we also, in studying astronauts' physiology extensively, Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen things about a suppressed immune response, so their immune systems aren't as active or effective. Mm -hmm. And also, as you can probably imagine, um, there's some cardiovascular degeneration because your heart doesn't your heart works differently in order to pump blood because it, it's kind of working with gravity to pump push blood down and like the blood will come up but then the physics of fluid in space is very different and so your heart has to work differently and probably harder I'm guessing to push blood around mm-hmm. that paired with you have muscle and bone loss because you need kind of gravity you need kind of pushing and pressure on your bones regularly in yeah. order to maintain bone density. So you're saying that um, in this upcoming spooky season in space, the astronauts are probably safe from a skeleton attack? Um, they have the upper hand, okay, potentially. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also... Huge, you... huge L for space necromancers everywhere. Oh, gosh. That's probably in some like next season of Strange New World, so let's hold on. <laughs> But we also are seeing muscle loss in general because your muscles aren't interacting with the ground in the same way and Mm -hmm. you're not using your muscles in the same way that they're evolved to. And so, and your heart is a muscle. So you're, you're losing those capabilities. I don't really know much about the molecular level. I don't know how much they know about the molecular level of things, but just like generally I can see how things would break down mm-hmm. pretty quickly if they're not being used in the way that people imagine. But we we know more about low gravity situations than high gravity situations. Like we, we talk about G forces and stuff and, mm-hmm. and you know the astronauts spinning and the thing to oh, yeah. to yes. simulate high gravity. But that's not anything that I know of. Mm-hmm. We've put humans in high gravity for very long do you know i don't think so so like fighter pilots mm-hmm. or um I'm, probably get the clearly most. astronauts are exposed yeah. to um pretty high g's during some of their maneuvers but there's an upper limit to and i could be wrong about this because i did not research this particular thing <laughs> but i want to say it's around like seven g's is like blackout area sure but nobody's living at that no right? no and there, you wouldn't be able to that's yeah. like you you can like top peak people can mm-hmm. can sustain that for like a split second. Yeah, and in Star Trek, that's kind of the case as well. We we don't really see cases of uh, very high gravity. It's all varying kind of around mm-hmm. one Earth atmosphere of gravity. But we have a very special episode in Deep Space Nine, Melora. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so can you explain who this woman is? I kind of, I mean, I like this episode. The space station gets a new ensign fresh out of Starfleet Academy who is from a planet that has, I thought it was low gravity, but when we were looking it up, Maybe no gravity. Maybe no gravity, which is a little nonsensical. A completely nonsensical yeah. because, I mean, bodies in space have gravity. Mm-hmm. Anything anything has gravity in general. But um, to develop life, you need an atmosphere. And an atmosphere is predicated, like, you need to have... Gravity. Gravity. Yeah. You need to have, a, a, and really, a, some kind of spin on the planet. Yeah, to mm. hold on, like, make it into a ball and hold on to it. So, uh yeah, it has to be low gravity. It can't be no gravity. Yeah. I mean, I could I could fan theory about how this happened, but um, that's that's not important for the scope of the conversation. <laughs> Anyways, so this ensign named Melora comes on board Deep Space Nine, and uh, Doctor Bashir has gone to great pains to make sure that she has the mobility aids that she requested mm-hmm. because growing up with no gravity, moving around at one g. Um, oh yeah, she's she would just be flat on the ground all yeah, the time. Yeah, so she uses a, a wheelchair and a, a cane to move around, and mm-hmm. I think um, some leg braces during some scenes. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty great episode about the complexity of navigating a world that isn't designed for you, but mm-hmm. also one of the big themes of this episode is Bashir figures out a way to like use some gene therapy or something to. Oh, change her, To yeah. change her so that she can move around on Earth's gravity, but the trade-off would be that she couldn't go back home. Yeah. And this is something I've heard about, talked about, like, in the deaf community with restoring hearing or granting hearing. Granting hearing, yeah. There's, there's a culture around it. And, yeah. And there's a very real fear or alienation when you no longer are a part of it like and like so fundamentally on the gene level Mm -hmm. becomes so different that you can't go home yeah yeah Yeah. that's that is i mean we haven't been anywhere but earth and the moon Mm -hmm. but and you know just generally space but uh, as we see in astronauts uh we acclimate um we can acclimate to different uh Things and so we're upregulating genes mm-hmm. and downregulating genes, but our genetic code doesn't really change. We'll get to radiation. We'll get to we'll get to what <laughs> might cause yeah. like permanent changes, but it it doesn't mm-hmm. um, preclude you from going home. Right. You know. Right. So it's it's just an interesting way of thinking about disability without making it be representative of a particular disability, mm-hmm. which is nice because it's hard when a show tries to like invest in. A character with a disability for one episode. <laughs> oh, right. It's, yeah. it's kind of. It would have been really neat to see Melora join the cast more regularly. Yeah. But she was a kind of. She was a one-off character. Yeah. But I like that episode because it it made me a, an abled person think about what that. I don't know. It just it just kind of gave me a glimpse at another. Yeah. It just makes me want more um, disability and uh, humanoids that are evolve differently with different senses mm-hmm. in main cast track that would be mon new track we, we, we've we've handled other things well yeah. uh we're really looking forward to seeing more before what... we move into our next segment on radiation i think we should um hear a word from our sponsors <laughs> that sounds good 
before we get back into our radiation part of our chat, we just wanted to give a special shout out to our friends at Where's the Where's Beverly podcast, uh, in case you didn't check us out in August when we were featured uh, on our very scientific <laughs> talk about the next generation episode. What's it called again? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the episode. Oh no, but it's where everyone starts turning into animals. Everyone de-evolves. It's very scientific, very mm-hmm. accurate. I want to say it's called evolution. I have no idea. Yeah. You're the one who's supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> but we we wore fun hats. We want to do it again. Uh, so make sure you go. We'll we'll link to the Where's Beverly show in the show notes and there are episode and you should go listen to it because we had a great time with them. Yes, they are great people. Wonderful folks, yeah. Wonderful podcast. Yes, which we enjoy very, very yes. much. And we're just excited that we get to see where Beverly is. <laughs> Coming soon, Picard season three. All right. So radiation. The thing that seems to plague astronauts the most and like sending humans into space the biggest problem is being exposed to the level of radiation that Mm -hmm. comes from not being protected by an atmosphere yeah so the reason why we came up with this episode or thought it would be interesting is because nasa has set new limits on your lifetime exposure to space Mm -hmm. and i thought it was great because they've set it to cut off at the most conservative point possible, all of their medical information, they figured out it's me. (laughs) So like, (laughs) Oh, a woman, although I'm kind of a larger woman, but like smaller woman, mid thirties needs or requires the lowest amount of radiation possible. And so they're cutting off all astronauts at a lifetime amount of exposure. And that, that amount is still pretty hefty. Like yeah. that's still several space missions, th- which for an astronaut is, I think we decided 120 days in space. I think we, mm-hmm. that, that, that I don't know yeah. why that number jumps out. I think that was about it. But again, this is partly because of, uh, like eggs don't develop well in low G. And so like, it might be like, it, well, it'd be hard to be reproductive radiation. in space, but the, this this part's about radiation yeah. too. But um, no, our astronauts are not reproducing in space. No, although there's talks of sending an all female crew to Mars so that they won't develop special relationships. Oh my God, bless their straight hearts. I know. <laughs> God love them. Anyway, so radiation. <laughs> so radiation can cause all kinds of health issues and it depends on what the radiation is but generally we're thinking genetic mutations Mm -hmm. because it causes like cross-linking between dna it kind of messes up how the dna is connected and transcribed and so it makes goofy proteins Mm -hmm. and goofy proteins means that your body doesn't work as well and it can also um, make the cells divide too well and it becomes cancer so uh, there's a it's really important to limit the lifetime radiation of all of these people that we're sending into space because they already have suppressed immune systems. We're already messing with their tissues Mm -hmm. and um, that includes blood as a tissue, bone as a tissue, just all of your body's tissues. But on top of that, they're at a, the longer they're in space, they're at a greater risk of Mm -hmm. developing different cancers. Right. Right. Well, not just cancers, but also like cataracts and damage to the central nervous system yeah, because of the type of radiation they're exposed to. So let's talk a little bit about about types of radiation 
And because I I have a thought, I have a thought about what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So like there are three sources of radiation that an astronaut would be exposed to mm -hmm. in orbit. And uh, those are, that's uh, radiation particles from Earth's magnetic field, which we call the Van Allen belt. Mm -hmm. There's radiation from solar flares, which are difficult to predict um, when that's going to happen and what the intensity is going to be. So that's always a wild card. And then there's galactic cos and then there's galactic cosmic rays, which is just the latent ionizing radiation that's in space. And also the next name of my band, TM, TM, yes, TM. Yes. So it's like the deal with the ionizing radiation in space is that it consists of atoms whose electrons have been stripped away mm -hmm. and it's the energy from it is powerful enough to strip away the electrons of any atoms it encounters. So it just sort of like creates more radiation. <laughs> <laughs> just, just eat, like there's mm -hmm. a kind of an electron vacuum yeah. and electrons love to move. They're on the outside of an atom. Mm -hmm. And so they, they jump or they can jump and get pulled away. Um, and what is interesting to me when we're talking about the damage to the central nervous system. This, and I, I laugh because this is something that we're talking about in my class today, mm -hmm. <laughs> later today. When we talked about this, your eyes lit up. I was and like, like, does it damage their central nervous system? And I'm looking through my notes and I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, so my theory, my, my understanding. So like, I mean, there's a couple of things. At the cellular level, we need a good supply of electrons in order to, just in order to produce energy, like to produce ATP that, that fuels all of our cellular processes. Uh, we need that. <laughs> and so if there aren't any electrons to complete the electron transport chain, we can't, we can't do metabolism or we can't do aerobic mm. metabolism. We will become very ineffective and we're not meant to only operate off of anaerobic metabolism. So that that's not great. But then all of our central nervous system operates off of nerves and it, that all depends on your nerves having a slightly negative membrane potential. So all of the surfaces and in, inner environments of all of your nerve cells are, have a slightly negative charge relative to the outside. And so if the outside is being, if your body's being bombarded by protons that are just sucking up electrons, mm -hmm. um, it could pass, it's probably messing with that very delicate, very specific balance of membrane electrochemical charge and so i'm guessing what happens is that you lose sensation first in your fingers and toes and limbs mm -hmm. but it probably also damages the signaling pathways and so your body is not receiving your brain's not receiving messages from your body and your mm -hmm. brain is not sending messages back out yeah. to your body yeah wow haha -ha. <laughs> that was a lot <laughs> for a little context like the central nervous system it your brain and your spinal your brain, cord. Your spinal cord and, and the nerves connected to it? No, the nerves oh. connected to it is your peripheral nervous system. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway, right. so that was Dr. Voss's nerd rant. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, was it an, an atom without an electron is a positron, It's right? a positron, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a basically just a nucleus with yeah. an empty... And so if it's a positron, it has a positive charge right yes because yeah. there's no negative charge and from so the electrons you, to balance yeah. it out so if you're getting bombarded with it it's messing with that negative charge that you need between your that's own. what i'm guessing okay that's okay. my that's my educated we're gonna go with an educated guess but also don't like 
take this. Don't as, at me. Don't, yeah, don't think this is gospel. <laughs> we could be wrong. Anyway, so that that's what I got excited about, mm-hmm. and that's what is interesting to me. And we have just endless cases of radiation exposure, radiation, uh, like back measuring the radiation of this and that in Star Trek. Like we've got probably the most famous case, the case that kicked it all off is a, a, ca- a case of Delta radiation exposure. Yes, yeah. So, um, is it like spoilers for season one of Strange New Worlds? No, because, th- okay, this this all occurred in TOS. This occurred in TOS. There's no spoilers here. TOS happened in the 60s, and there are so many Trekkies that haven't seen it. Okay, but I, we're just going to put it out there. This is a no spoilers because guess what? Well, season one is over of Strange New World, so it's fine. Yeah, we've, but had, also... we've had, uh, what, 60 years? Yes, you've um, had 60 years to catch up on well, this. a little less, 50 years, because Trek came out in 66. Anyways. Anyways. Sorry, okay. Rolling back the pedantry. Uh, Christopher Pike has an accident at some point in Strange New World's future where he gets exposed to a lot of delta radiation and it puts him in a wheelchair. And melts him. And, he just and melts. And kind of melts him. Like, yeah. Like the um, Indiana Jones villain, it's yeah, bad. He's he's in a lot of pain. He can't communicate. He's pretty miserable. And, and so there's an episode of the original series where Spock. <laughs> I keep wanting to say kidnaps the Enterprise, but that's not the word. Uh, <laughs> he steals the Enterprise. Absconds with. Absconds with. Commandeers. There we go. Sure. It's a ship, right? He jack sparrows the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> he jacks the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> And takes Christopher Pike to this planet where he can live out his, his days, days in in uh, comfort, just hallucinating yeah. what he's what his life yeah. might be. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a happy ending, but it's also kind of a head trip ending. Yeah, because yeah. um, he's definitely not like in real physical form. He mm-hmm. hasn't changed, but but again, he is in a lot of like his flesh kind of mutated, and like there's so much energy put in that. Yeah his proteins denatured basically because radiation is also very hot yeah and so when proteins get hot they unfold um so that's why we don't do like we have to maintain an internal temperature Mm. because we have all of these very delicate proteins that do specific jobs and if we heat them all up they all fall apart so his face kind of fell apart oh no at a molecular level that's what okay happens um and also if he's in a lot of pain he probably has central nervous system or nervous system damage because that makes sense his all his nerves were bombarded with with all the positrons yeah so we're going to talk about a few kinds of radiation today um delta radiation is actually a real kind of radiation um it's composed of secondary electrons which are electrons that have been blasted off by a primary radiation source with enough energy to ionize other electrons it encounters what basically what that means is delta radiation is caused by a high primary source of other radiation. I'm I'm pretty sure it's just kind of a yeah it's just kind of a side mm. effect yeah sort of side product right. And then what else do we have? Um, another kind of radiation that comes up really frequently constantly. constantly is is gamma radiation, and I can't cite every time this comes up because we're it's every other episode already <laughs> at like almost half an hour. So okay. I'm going to spare you from that, but. Gamma radiation is a very penetrative kind of radiation. It has high uh, penetration potential through matter. Mm -hmm. It's caused by the radioactive decay of atomic nuclei, and it consists of the shortest wavelength of electromagnetic waves. 
so that's all the like just the bare bones of what it is and um, that's kind of analogous that, that yeah. that's the kind of radiation you get in space right it's uh or is it I don't know. it's not it's not really like yeah it's there are gamma than... rays out there but it's different than the okay um galactic cosmic rays yeah but they they clearly have to work hard mechanically to mm. protect everybody who's out in space because they're constantly yeah. coming across camera radiation. I wish we could do a whole episode where I talk about like real world ways to prevent radiation exposure, but <laughs> we have limited time. Anyways, the Federation uses gamma rays to recrystallize dilithium. That's pretty much just trechnobabble dilithium. <laughs> That's such a good word. <laughs> You've never heard that before? No. Oh my gosh, it's very common. It's a very common word in, oh, in Star Trek I'm not parlance. as cool as you, my love. <laughs> dilithium in real life only exists as a gas. There's no such thing as dilithium crystals. Oh, well, good to know. Yeah. The last type of radiation I want to talk about, because it is central to one of the movies, mm-hmm. a polarizing movie, Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah. Thaleron radiation is an exotic radiation that has no real-world counterpart. But it destroys organic matter on the subatomic level. So in, in the movie, the Romulans plan to use a Thaleron weapon to destroy all life on Earth. Related to that are Berthold rays from the original series, which do basically the same thing. And I think that kind of wraps up a few of the kinds of radiation that our Starfleet crews will encounter out there. But by no means is this list comprehensive. No. And like we said, it's so hard to talk about specific cases of... Because they're constantly talking about some kind of radiation for one reason or another. But... Yeah, it's just interesting to consider. And since it is, since some kind of damaging radiation, and also we never really talked about UV radiation, but that is a huge factor in space as well Mm -hmm. because you have unfettered exposure to the sun. Yeah. Like you're not protected under the atmosphere that you evolved under. So um, the, the UV rays alone, but all of the other things are causing, can cause just molecular level mutations and Mm -hmm. breakdown. So. We could actually probably do an episode on the effect, a whole episode on the effects of radiation on the body, right? I mean, we could we could talk about burns also, just yeah. like radiation well. burns happen on Star Trek. We could do oh, a burn right. episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we have a couple. We 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 love to come up with this mm-hmm. stuff on the fly, don't we? So we'll we'll save that for another time. So in the meantime, we hope you like this episode. If you did, we would really appreciate if you would. Uh, hop, especially if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, if you hop on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star rating so that other people can find us. You can also find us online. We're at Spinal Frontier on Twitter and on Instagram at Spinal Frontier Pod, where we very sporadically post still. We're working on it, <laughs> it's a challenge. We're still working on <laughs> recovering from all of the life that we just did this year. (laughs) Yeah, sorry we haven't been updating our social media very much, but we're going to get to it soon. You know, it's part of our shtick anyway. (laughs) Our our rustic charm. Uh, I don't know how to use Twitter, and at this point, I'm afraid to ask. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and okay, honey, you can press play.